Hello, friends. It's me, the president of Chickenlandia. Did you know that I have a new book that is now available for purchase? You heard that right. It's called Let's All Keep Chickens, The Down-to-Earth Guide to Natural Practices for Healthier Birds and a Happier World. It's now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your local bookstore, and more. For more information on how you can grab your copy, just click the link in the show notes. It's so exciting, I can barely handle it. Okay, on with the show. Welcome to Chickenlandia's 100% friendly podcast, Bok Talk. This show will help you learn all about how backyard chicken keeping can be fun, entertaining, and stress-free. Here's your host, the president of Chickenlandia! Hey guys, welcome to Chickenlandia, and welcome to Bok Talk, your 100% friendly backyard chickens show. Super excited about the show today. We are going to talk about baby chick health. And um, I'm so happy to see some people here on the live stream on YouTube. And also, I want to say hi to the people that are listening to this on the podcast, which is actually doing really well. I'm super excited about it. Um, And so I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep putting those podcasts out until they try to stop me. (laughs) And if they do, I'm just going to say, whatever, haters. Uh, So yeah, we're talking about baby chick health today. We're going to talk about when a chick isn't doing very well, what what you can do in those circumstances, uh, medicated versus non-medicated feed, and when you can feed them treats and scraps from your kitchen, all that fun stuff. And I did want to tell you guys today, um, we're going to do things a little bit differently. Usually I will answer, I'll try to keep track of the questions as they come in and I will answer them throughout the show. But now that this is a podcast, it's a lot easier for me if I can answer the questions that have been submitted first. So today I'm going to do that. I want to answer my submitted questions first, and then I'm going to open it up for questions later. Um, And it won't be too long. Don't worry. I'll get to your question. Um, So, yeah, if you would like to submit a question, then you can go to my website Welcome to chickenlandia.com. You go to the contact section. There's a little drop down menu that says ask a chicken question and you can go there and ask your question. Now, the other thing that's been happening is that as I am gaining momentum, people are learning about Bog Talk. They're tuning in. They're listening to the podcast. Um, I'm starting to get a lot of questions. (laughs) So, I mean, I'm getting them. I'm getting the questions on Messenger. I'm getting them on Instagram, uh, through my website. So lots of traffic coming in. I cannot answer every question on BokTok, unfortunately. So what I'm trying to do is just, you know, answer the most relevant questions. And then if you can come and ask live, then hopefully I can get to it then if I don't send you a reply. So um, just letting everybody know what's going on. I'm having to make some adjustments because uh, Chickenlandia is growing, which is a good thing. That's a good problem to have. So 
Um, I just want to say hi to some people on the chat. And if you are listening on the podcast and you hear me say hello to people, it's because there are people here on the chat with us joining us live, which you can do too if you just subscribe to my YouTube channel and join me live. It's every other Monday. And I usually say something on social media just to remind people um, I'm on Facebook, I am on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, and I will post a reminder on the days that we have Bok Talk. So uh, let me just say hello hello to some of the people that are here. Of course, 13 Moons Homestead, my trusty moderator and Green Dream Project are here. Both awesome moderators. PG Nana Farm, another moderator is here. So those trolls are in trouble today if they try to come. <laughs> Because I got some good moderators here. Sophia Benani, thank you for being here. Devin Edgley, uh, Built on the Rock Homestead, hello. My Garden and the Dinosaurs who live there, thank you for being here. Alora Rose, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Thank you so much for being here. And Christina's Corner is here, yay! You've got Lisa Lee, uh, I'm, is it? Cade or Cade hints. Uh, oh, I see you've been listening to the podcast. That's awesome. Thank you so much. And Joyce is here. Thank you for being here, Joyce. So I'm just going to uh, start out with something a little bit different today. I am going to tell you guys a story. And it is all about a little chick called Little Nugget. And she is the little chick that could. <laughs> and I want to talk about her because it is very relevant to what we were talking about today, baby chick health and how you can get through it when you have a chick that is just not thriving, just kind of not adjusting very well. Um, but I thought it would be fun if I could include this story about this little chick. So uh, my friend Lynette at 13 Moons Homestead, she just got baby chicks for the first time this year. Congratulations. <laughs> um, and, you know, we talk like every day, me and her and PG Nano Farm, Linda from PG Nano Farm, we talk like every day. So she's like sending us messages like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited about these baby chicks and sending us pictures and everything. And then at one point she noticed that there was a little chick that just was not doing well. It, it wasn't thriving like the others were thriving, um, seemed a little bit off balance, not really finding the food and water very well. And there were chicks that were a week older in there with these newer baby chicks. And they were kind of like just walking all over and stuff. And it, it was, it was pretty nerve wracking for, uh, Lynette to see this. And she was like, Oh, what do I do? And, you know, I talk to my students about stuff like this every year because this is baby chick season. We're kind of coming towards the end of it. It's the, the tail end of baby chick season. And there's lots of people getting chicks for the first time. So usually when people get chicks for the first time, they will get chicks from the farm store. And something like this is super common with shipped chicks. Um, it can happen with chicks that are hatched out by mama or chicks that come out of an incubator, but I see it most with chicks that have gone through um, a stressful experience, which is, you know, being hatched in a hatchery and being shipped 
when you're not even like, <laughs> you know, you're like a day old. If you can imagine that, it's stressful. Okay. So, um, Anyway, this little chick just was not doing that well. And, you know, we were even wondering at one point if it was blind because it was just kind of standing there and not, it was not like knowing how to chicken. And it's like, that's a fun thing about baby chicks is that they come out and they like, as soon as they dry off, it's like they know how to chicken. They're already like pecking and scratching. They are looking for food. They're drinking water. But if you see one that's just kind of not doing those things, then that's kind of worrisome because you're like, hmm, what what's going on? I, I know something's going on, but I don't know really what to do. So um, I want to talk a little bit about that. I do have a video. It is, um, I think it's called like two, gosh, what is it called? It's about pasty butt and it's about starve out. And starve out is basically when a baby chick doesn't get to food and water soon enough. And so it kind of loses that will to live. It doesn't, it's just kind of standing there and wings drooping and not really having the energy to, I mean, basically keep itself alive. So, um, a lot of times that's what people are dealing with. Their, their chick just has not gotten the right amount of nutrients in order to survive. And then it kind of loses that will to do so. So I talk about that in a video and I'm going to post it in the description and I'll also put it in the podcast notes. It's called, um, oh my gosh, (laughs) I didn't write it down. (laughs) It's like two common issues, you know, two solutions for two common or solutions for two common baby chick issues or something like that. Oh my goodness. Um, anyway, I will put that in the description. So, uh, And in that video, I talk about a slurry that you can create for baby chicks that, or that you can make up for baby chicks if they're just not doing well. And it is egg yolk, electrolyte and vitamin water, and a little bit of green tea. And that's kind and sometimes I'll, I'll use homeopathics. And I, I talk about that in that video. Um, But for right now, it's just those, I'm just talking about those three things Usually they just need a little bit of boot, a little bit, you know, a little bit of a boost of vitamins and electrolytes and the green tea will also stimulate them a little bit to kind of get them to be like pecking and scratching and kind of give them that will to live. It's kind of like, you know, when we have our cup of cup of coffee in the morning, (laughs) gives you the will to live. (laughs) So, um, I will do that if I have a baby chick that isn't doing very well. I will make up this little solution. I'll put it into a needleless syringe because a lot of times they're not eating. Um, And I'll just give it to them like one drop at a time. And I show in this video how to do it. It is super duper easy to actually drown a chicken or a chick if you are trying to give it liquid. So you have to be really careful. I'll just put like a drop on the side okay sunny's place knows the name of the video it's it's pretty bad when like you don't even know the name of your video and people are telling you she says it's the one natural care for two common chick issues with homeopathic options that is it that's the one thank you uh i knew i could count on you sunny's place (laughs) um so i will do that 
every couple hours to really just try and get some nutrition into that baby chick. So this is what we were telling uh, Lynette to do with our little nugget who wasn't doing all that well. And so she started out with this solution. And then um, I also told her about a, about a product that you can buy called NutriDrench. And uh, it's not the most natural product uh, out there. And, you know, I usually try to make something up at home, but NutriDrench is really good. I, I can't deny how good it is. It's it's great when you have a chick that just needs a really quick boost of vitamins. And it's all there in the in the one bottle. You can mix it with water or you can give it to them straight. You need to follow the directions on the bottle. But especially if you're having a chick that has some issues like splayed leg or curled toes, NutriDrench is really good for them. So, but yeah, like the first ingredient I think is propylene glycol, which is not, not my favorite thing. But, you know, I mean, I, I lean very natural, but I'm not against doing, you know, using things that aren't as natural when you absolutely have to. I think there's a place for that. So actually, uh, Lynette started using NutriDrench with Little Nugget and giving her some egg yolk as a supplement just to get some some food in her. And she just started getting stronger and stronger. And, you know, uh, you can ask her in the chat. Uh, she's 13 Moons Homestead. Uh, Little Nugget is doing great now and is like thriving and... I have a suspicion that someday she'll rule the roost <laughs> because she's a she's a spunky little gal. Now, sometimes um, baby chicks are just not meant to stay earthside. Um, you know, you can get one and even despite your best efforts, they just don't make it. And, you know, I know I've really talked to a lot of people that were dealing with like, oh, you know, what did I do wrong? But that's one of the reasons why mama hens have so many, you know, they have pretty large clutches if they can, because some of them just, you know, sometimes they're just not meant to make it. So we do our best. And no matter what happens, we know that our little baby chicks were loved while they were here. So um, I just thought I would tell you that story. It's got a happy ending. <laughs> Um, and I want to uh, go through and say hello to, I want to go through and say hello to some new people that have come in on the chat. I see Lisa Lee is here. Thank you for being here. Uh, Downy Chick is here. Thank you so much for being here. Devin Edgley, thank you for being here. I think I'm about to get to your question if you're the same Devin that sent me a question. All right. So let's get to Devin's question. Uh, this question was sent to me via my website. It was submitted for Bok Talk. And if you would like to submit your question, please go to welcome to chickenlandia.com to the contact section. So Devin says, hi, I love watching your Bok Talks. Thank you. <laughs> I've had baby chicks for a few days and they are doing well. Good. In about a month, I plan to transition them to their coop outside. I started them on, on organic scratch and peck feed, but now I'm starting to worry about their wellness once I transition them outside. My question is, can I switch them from non-medicated to medicated feed a week or two before moving them outside to protect them from common illness? So, 
Um, I just want to talk a minute about what medicated feed is. Uh, the medicated the medication that is present in medicated feed is called amprolium. And at the dose that it's it's a very low dose in medicated feed and it's used to prevent a proto- protozoal disease in baby chicks and chickens called coccidiosis. Um, and coccidiosis is when a protozoa that is naturally existing in our environment just is kind of overloaded in their digestive system. It, it overwhelms their digestive system for, for whatever reason. One thing I want you to remember is that, you know, our environment is full of bacteria and, you know, all kinds of things. Uh, parasites, everything that, you know, that we've got microbes and everything all, all in this, uh, soup outside. If you were go to go to the soil, it would be full of all kinds of microorganisms. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. We are supposed to be exposed to those things. Chickens need to be exposed to those things. Baby chicks need exposure to those things. That is going to actually be good for them in the long run and build their immunity. It will it will make them more resilient to have natural immunity to the things that it that exist in their environment. Um, and coccidia is included in that. It is everywhere. Now there are different strains of coccidia. So I think there I think there's nine strains. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But you know sometimes you'll have an older chicken that gets infected with coccidia, coccidiosis. And you're like, well, you know, why did that happen? If they're, if they've been exposed to it this whole time in the soil, why are they now sick with it? And usually the way that that happens is that it, a different strain of it came into your flock from somewhere and your chickens that, and your flock that was living in this area it was not immune to that strain. So when that happens, that's that's usually what that means. So to make a, a long story short, <laughs> um, I prefer gradual exposure. So uh, I just made a video about when you can put your baby chicks outside. And I talk a little bit about how you can take your chickens outside after they're about two weeks old. If it's a nice sunny day, if it's like you know, 60 degrees outside, you can take them outside for a little while and stay with them and make sure that they're safe in a safe area because they're very, very, very susceptible to predators at that age and let them peck and scratch a little bit so that they can be, you can begin to expose them to the environment outside. And you can also take a clump of grass and dirt from outside, bring it in, put it in their brooder and they will peck around and scratch in that, a scratch and that, and they may eat a little bit of the grass, but that is going to begin to give them that exposure that they need to have immunity to, um, you know, these, these things that exist outside that they are going to be exposed to at some point. You know, amprolium is, it's not only something that is used to prevent them from getting coccidiosis, but it's also a treatment for coccidiosis. And compared to a lot of other medications that we get, you know, that are used on chickens, it's fairly safe. Um, but it does, it can affect the absorption of certain nutrients that they need 
to really thrive as baby chicks and chickens. So that's why I, I, I really kind of lean towards telling people, you know, let's not give them medicine that, you know, for a, for a, a condition or a disease an illness that we don't even know that they have. I think that there is a, a real problem of chickens in general, certainly in factory farm conditions where they have very little defense because they're living in conditions that are not conducive to actually being alive. They're living in terrible conditions. Um, they're definitely being over-medicated. And also backyard chickens, there is kind of a culture of over-medicating our chickens. And I think we need to kind of pull back on that. And so that's why in my classes, I prefer to tell people, you know, if you can give them gradual exposure, that's going to be better for you, for your flock, for the environment in the long run. So I don't think, you know, I'm not certain if starting them on medicated feed a, a week or two before they go outside is really going to give you the result that you want. I can't actually speak to whether it would or not. I think what you can do is make sure to you know, they make sure that they have a clean brooder, that they have good ventilation, feed them well. I love starting baby chicks out with a vitamin, electrolyte, probiotic supplement. Of course, make sure they have clean water and then give them that gradual exposure. So I hope that answered your question, Devin. Um, and that was a very good question. So thank you so much. Uh, I also want to say, and my, disc my disclaimer is rolling. <laughs> I'm not a veterinarian, uh, but I'm telling you what I would do. And I'm telling you what I have seen to be true um, with my experience as a backyard chicken educator. So uh, definitely do your own research as well. Uh, Tina Sherman had a question. And actually, before I get to this question, I do want to see if there's any new people in the in the chat. Devin Edgley said, perfect. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm glad. Nona Grace is here. Thank you so much for being here. Alex Carrasco, thank you so much for being here. You know, I'm going to ask answer your question real quick because it's easy. What's your favorite type of chicken? All of them. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I think I've got everybody. Uh, Don Joe, <laughs> that's a funny name. 706. Hi, and thank you for all your content, you nutty president. <laughs> You're welcome. Brittany B, thank you for being here. All right, now I'm going to get on to my second question. Tina Sherman asks, I'm new to chickens. We have 10 beautiful baby chickens. Congratulations. I think they're one month old and getting so big. Yeah, they get they get big fast, don't they? <laughs> uh, can I feed them green bell peppers? I'm talking the top, the bottom, the seeds, and the core. I used the outside for a pepper and sausage recipe. Yum. <laughs> that does sound good. Okay, so um, thank you so much for your question, Tina. Yes, you can feed them bell peppers. Um, you know, some people there's, if you go, let me just say this. If you go online and you type in, you know, what can I feed my chickens? You will get lots and lots of input on that and a lot of different opinions. I have formed my opinion on this after doing lots of research. 
about chickens and their relationship with humans over millennia. They've been domesticated for a really long time. For most of that time that chickens have been domesticated, they have eaten what humans would normally waste. So what we would throw away from our meals, like my great grandmother, she raised chickens. And back then they didn't even have chicken feed. You know, it wasn't even a a thing. And actually she didn't even have a coop or nesting boxes. They they lived in a tree. (laughs) This was in in Guatemala. So the weather was, was uh, good for that. So, you know, I, I really think about the history of the chicken and that they have always eaten our scraps. And so it's hard for me to say that, oh, well, there's a certain thing that you shouldn't give them. Now, one thing that I will say is if you're eating like Dunkin' Donuts every day, <laughs> no offense, Dunkin' Donuts, don't send me a, a I don't even know, cease and desist. <laughs> Uh, If you're eating donuts and hamburgers with French fries every day, maybe you don't want to be feeding that to your chickens every day. If if you have those scraps left over, like you, you really want them to be eating stuff that's good for them. And that's also good for you, you know, fruits and vegetables and mostly vegetables and fruits and um, grains and stuff like that. Um, So I'm a big proponent of doing what you can. And if you have some scraps, I think that that's fine to give to your chickens. I would, you know, what, like I said, stay away from like sweets and stuff like that. Um, chocolate and all that stuff. But, um, usually, and especially chickens that have access to pasture, if they have enough space, if they're not really hungry, they will not eat what isn't good for them. Now, if they're in an enclosed area, even like my chickens, they would be more likely to eat something that I give them that isn't good for them uh, or that could hurt them. So that's something to keep in mind. If they're free range, they seem to have more of a of a, a natural instinct of what to eat and what not to eat. But for baby chicks, I usually start giving them right when they come in, I will give them a little bit of crumbled uh, hard-boiled egg yolk. That's a good boost for them. I will also give them some, uh, just a little bit of whole milk yogurt mixed with their feed. And they usually like that very much. And I'll also give them mealworms. And that's like super funny to watch them (laughs) eat those (laughs) because they'll grab one and then they'll like run around and chase each other. And it's a, it's a fun game. Um, and then, you know, I'm pretty liberal with it, but here's my conservative answer is, is, you know, after a couple of weeks, you can start giving them vegetable scraps. The main thing is that you don't want them to eat more scraps than their feed. So uh, it's important for baby chicks to get the nutrients they need to grow and become big, healthy chickens. So you want most of their diet to be their chicken feed. So if you're giving them scraps, I would just give them a little bit and they will like play with them and stuff. They might not even eat it, but they'll peck at it and play with it. And it's good enrichment for them. Just um, at that age when they're babies, I kind of stick to like vegetable scraps with them and, you know, maybe the occasional little fruit scrap. But... That being said, you know, there's people that they're just their whole chick, their whole flock, baby chicks, chickens, 
everybody's like eating from the compost pile. So that that's also another way to do it. And I don't want to, you know, say that that's a wrong way, because like I say, I have the there's the Chickenlandia way, um, but it's not the only way. So that was a really long answer to your question. (laughs) Make sure you offer them grit as well. Okay, baby chick grit, if you're giving them treats, especially, um, or scraps, especially, because uh, they need that grit to digest their their food. So I am going to look and see, oh, we've got, we've got some, see, we've got our incubation expert here, PG Nanofarm, and if you don't already know this about me, I do not teach about incubation. Um, I'm not against it, but I do rescue. So I just don't have the knowledge and I'm not going to start incubating eggs. Um, I focus on rescuing chickens. So that's not where my expertise is. But we have PG Nano Farm here and she knows a lot about incubating eggs. So I see she's answering some questions for me. That is awesome. So I just want to open it up for this last uh, uh, few minutes. If you have a question, please ask it now and I can answer it, hopefully. <laughs> if, I, if I can't, then I'll, I'll message you later with the answer. <laughs> so I see my garden and the dinosaurs who live here. She has a question. How would you harden off a chicken foot after recovery from bumblefoot? My girl's foot is soft, and I worry that when I stop bandaging, she will damage it again. Oh, that's um, that's tough. Uh, so, you know, I would just, I, I honestly, I, I'm not quite sure the answer to that question. I would just very gradually have her unbandaged. Like I would keep the bandage on and then take it off for a little while, let her walk around a little bit, see how it does. And then if you need to cover it back up, cover it back up. Um, I'm assuming, did you do bumblefoot surgery or did you take her to the vet for the bumblefoot surgery? Uh, Let me know. Bumblefoot is tough though. Monarchs and Miracles Farm asks, how many chickens do you have? Don't tell my neighbors. (laughs) I have 19 chickens and four ducks. So uh, most of my chickens are itty bitty, tiny little chickens. I have Saramas, which are the smallest chickens in the world. Although I've seen a new breed coming out of Puerto Rico called Kirikiris. And they are tiny. And I think they might be smaller than Saramas. I I don't know if they're considered a true breed. I don't think they are. But, um, oh, my gosh, they're so tiny and cute. I really want some. (laughs) Uh, And I want to uh, say hello to the Naked Gardeners. Thank you so much for being here. They have a very fun channel. Uh, My garden and the dinosaurs who live there say, no, it wasn't too severe. The scab and bumble came out after soaking. Oh, that's good. You must have caught it very quickly. So if you don't know anything about uh, my garden and the dinosaurs who live there, uh, she, I believe, I, I think she's in Scotland. I, am I wrong? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm kind of ignorant. <laughs> uh, I think you are. Your, your accent really sounds like it. Um, but I could be wrong. So, um, 
anyway, she has this beautiful garden. I mean, it's gorgeous. And she's got chickens and quail. And somehow the chickens don't destroy the garden. And I don't know. I don't know how that's happening. <laughs> she said, yes, I'm in Scotland. Oh, good. Now I don't feel so silly. Brittany B. asks, do you have full-size ducks? I have uh, two full-size. Well, I mean, all my ducks are full-size. Isn't that like they're, they're as big as they're going to get? <laughs> um, I have call ducks, which are bantam ducks. I have a uh, snowy mallard, and she's fairly small because she's a mallard. Mallards are pretty small. And then I do have a runner duck, um, duckles, <laughs> my runner duck. Um, so yes, I have, I have two full size ducks and two bantam ducks. I see. I have a question from built on the rock homestead. What is good for repelling rattlesnakes? <laughs> Girl, I don't know. <laughs> that is safe to have around your chickens and livestock. I, I am so lucky to not have that problem. You know, Gosh, who knows that the answer to that? Yeah, guinea fowl. They're good for that, probably. Although I don't know if they would get hurt, but hardwire mesh. But, I, you know, snakes are really hard to get out. And, you know, and if they're just around your property, I think I would start with not having areas where, because they like to go like under things and hang out in like these these uh, small kind of like secluded areas and that's where they will be. And then you'll, you know, stumble upon it. So maybe keeping an eye on that, I would ask the folks over at green dream project because they have been, they have dealt with rattlesnakes. They're out in Arizona in the desert. And that's something that they deal with a lot. So I am just going to direct you over to their channel, green dream project, fantastic channel. They are building a super sustainable homestead in the middle of the desert, and it's just incredible. Uh, the Naked Gardeners ask, is your chicken coop in a controlled temperature environment? So um, I'm not sure what you mean. So you mean, like, does it have supplemental heat or, or a cooling system? It does not. It's, uh, it's just, you know, it's just a, a building out, outside. Uh, Blakely Estes asks, would a dog crate work? To unbroody a hen. I like the way you put that. <laughs> unbroody. I'm gonna I'm gonna unbroody this hen. Um, it would you would want to not put like some you know any like super soft bedding in it because uh, really what you want to happen with these broody hens is you want their bodies to cool down and if they're allowed to kind of nest then they will stay, you know, very warm. The, the hormones heat their bodies up so they can keep those eggs warm. So you want to cool them down. So if I was going to put them in a dog crate, I would just put um, just a single puppy pad on the bottom of that crate and, and some food and water, obviously, and leave them in there like that and make sure that you have them in a cooler area because um, you really just want to cool them down. Oh, boy. So... Um, I'm going to ask one, answer one more question. <laughs> I don't know. Built on the Rock Rock says, my guinea just looked at it. So it just looked at the rattlesnake, huh? That guinea fell. I'm going to answer one more question. And then I'm going to have to go because I have a doctor's appointment. And we also like to keep it short and sweet here in Chickenlandia. 
so that hopefully someone will listen to (laughs) they won't be overwhelmed they click on and it's like three hours long how and when do you check a flock for health concerns every day um i wouldn't do it every day just because uh that's me i'm sure there are people that do do it every day but i have a larger flock and so for me to go through and check every chicken every single day would be a lot of work and would uh, very likely stress me out (laughs) in the long run. Um, Now, one thing I do every day is I certainly go outside. I visit the flock. I I spend time with them. I um, will count them at night to make sure that they're all made it to the roost because if one isn't feeling well, then it would be might be hiding somewhere. Um, so that's certainly something that I do every day. Probably a good idea is once a month kind of go through and look and, you know, look at their feet. You want to look around their vent area uh, for mites. And um, you'll just want to just assess to see how they're doing. Usually it's pretty obvious when a chicken isn't doing well. They're going to be just uh, lethargic. They'll be just kind of standing there with droopy wings. Chickens are always moving and they're, they're just really spry animals. And it's almost like even when they're standing still, they're, they're moving. So you can usually tell pretty quick when a chicken isn't doing well. The problem is that they, they hide their illnesses. So by the time they get to that point, you know, by the time that you can actually tell that something's wrong, they might be fairly sick. So, um, and I do have a video, I will link that in the description and I'll put that in the podcast notes. It's called, um, sick chicken action plan. And that's just some really simple things that you can do if you find a chicken that is sick. Um, so I would start there for mites and lice, which is the one thing that uh, can go unnoticed for a very long time, unless you're handling your chickens a lot. I would make sure that they have a place to dust bathe. I actually have, and I have a video about that. I'll put that in the description and the show notes too. I have areas where I created a little dust bath for them and I'm able to put uh, some diatomaceous earth and some sand and dirt in those areas so that when they go into there and they take their dust bath, they're actually kind of treating themselves for mites and keeping them at bay. So that's one thing you can do. Also, if you see a chicken with a really poopy butt, then that might be, sometimes it just happens. Sometimes there's just a chicken that always has a poopy butt. And it's usually a white chicken. <laughs> uh, and then, so it's like, they always look like that. Um, and you can clean them off and whatever, and then they'll do it again. But, um, a lot of times it's a signal that something's going on with them. So, uh, that's something that you can observe daily with them. So I don't want people to stress out like, Oh my gosh, I got to, you know, look at them every night to make sure nothing's wrong because chickens are resilient and usually they're doing great. And, you know, when they have enough space, when they have good food and water and they are loved and cared for, they will very likely thrive. And I'm so glad, um, you know, even with all the people, all the, you know, now I'm getting so many messages and, and, uh, so many people asking me questions about chickens, but I, I love having that problem because I see that so many more people are now getting into backyard chickens. And that makes me really happy because, Chickens in your backyard are so much better off than chickens in a factory farm. 
So keep that in mind. You're more likely to have healthy chickens than not. So, um, you know, just just give them what they need and they're going to be very well off. So if you guys have a question that you would like to submit to Bok Talk, I want you to go to my website. Welcome to chickenlandia.com. Make sure you sign up for my mailing list. But also <laughs> to submit your question, go and go to the contact section. There's a little drop down menu. It says ask a chicken question and you can submit that and it it may be chosen to be in the Bok Talk in the next Bok Talk. I cannot, unfortunately, I can't answer every question that I get, um, but I love seeing you guys' questions and I try usually to at least um, get back to you, especially if it's a situation where I can tell you're pretty stressed out. So anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining me today. I do want to say I am going to be taking the week off from posting a video. I'm not posting a video on Wednesday. I just got to take the week off. You know, sometimes it it, it has to happen. <laughs> I'm going to spend some time with my kids. So, and my husband. So, um, <clears throat> so, but next week I will be back. And I thank you guys so much. And we will see you guys next time. Remember, everyone's welcome in Chickenlandia. <laughs> Bye, guys. Dahlia Monterosso, also known as the president of Chickenlandia, is a backyard chicken educator in Northwest Washington. To submit your question to Bok Talk, visit WelcomeToChickenlandia.com. We'll see you next time. Bokoo!